Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. everyone and welcome to the bedpost podcast i of course am your host aaron pym and what i like to do here on the pod is bring fun and sexy guests into the studio to talk about sex and sexuality with me today i'm super excited this is someone i like just came across on uh, the old socials and they seem super (laughs) awesome and we have some fun uh topics coming up so there's that as well and it just excited to talk to this person for the first time so please welcome everybody <laughs> without further ado we have okay check it out cam girl porn performer sex educator and counselor fiona dawson hey fiona hey Erin. thanks for having me and again nice to meet you i know right <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the internet brings people together in beautiful ways. Truly, <laughs> truly, yeah. And I love having, like, um, I love saving a first conversation for the pod also, because I think you just kind of feel the energy and, um, you know, you kind of you see us in real time stumble through uh, meeting each other and talking to each other for the first time. So I can dig it. Yeah, absolutely. It's just, let's make this as authentic as possible of like, great to meet you. And who yeah, are yeah. you? And <laughs> also, <laughs> and also, who are you? <laughs> great to meet you. And also, who am I meeting again? Yeah. What, what is happening? Yeah. Yeah. You're not a bot on Instagram. You're a real person. Okay, great. This yep. is good. Always <laughs> surprised good. when that happens. Yep. Always surprised to get a human. So I'm absolutely. like, Even just looking at, um, you know, our little introduction here, it seems like, you know, your, the way you exist in this industry, like spans across a bunch of different, um, a bunch of different things, right? Like from education work to Mm -hmm. counseling, um, to performing. And I mean, minus the counseling, well, I guess I do, I do consults. I do counseling, not in, probably not in the same facet that you do, but because um, I know you're studying it also, but I also do like, you know, I'm a sex worker, but I also do mm-hmm. sex education and I do um, consulting as well. So I feel like we're, we might be a little bit similar at the very least. Oh, 100%. I think all sex workers are sex educators, whether they even want to identify that or not. Like, even if you're just helping someone explore their sexuality, it's, it's a part of the job, especially because standard sex ed in our country in Canada is um, fucking terrible in most ways. Yeah. So yeah, and porn performing especially is like the biggest facet of sex ed for a lot of people. And 
yeah, in-person sex work, especially it's someone uh, asking questions about their own sexuality and wanting to explore it in a safe place. So um, I think inherently all sex workers are sex educators and and counselors in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sometimes it's lovely and sometimes it's like, I'm doing a lot of work for an hour sesh here. Yeah. Oh my god, It's above my pay grade right now. Um, yep, 100%. Yeah. I would absolutely agree with you though, because like, you know, I would say for me and my clientele, like people seeing me like for a session, a kink session, it's like half the people are really new to kink um, mm. or like this is their first time with a professional. Um, often it's their first time actually like, you know, physically in real time, in real time, in real life doing their kink. So there's a lot of education work that has to be done just to like get, get in their brains and know what they're thinking, what they're feeling, getting them to volunteer, you know, all this information so that you can kind of bring their thing to life or walk them through like as a guide. But then also like even with experienced people, I think seeing a professional is like an educational experience, right? Because, you know, you can do it in mm -hmm. your personal life often or whatever. But when you see a professional, I think I, I, I'd be interested to ask clients this, you know what I mean? If like they do see it kind of as partially an educational opportunity as well, because it is, I think. I think it absolutely is. I mean, yeah, of course, that would be a better question from the client perspective. But yeah. if you even just from the simplicity of learning about boundaries from a pro dom, for example, um, and learning about clear communication and oh God, a question that I get a lot in my work and in my world of like OnlyFans and such is how they get that communication needs to happen, but like how to make it sexy. Mm. And no one is better at that than sex workers. That's what our, our job is in yeah. all aspects. Um, we're pros at that. So even just as simple as someone who understands consent, but is still struggling to like not make it... Um, you know, one of those shitty movies that they show in school of like, hi there, may I hold your hand? Like to make yeah. it robotic. <laughs> um, sex workers teach that in all aspects. So I could see even like the most experienced people that have say only played with like, they've done very extreme things, but only with certain partners. So when they're mm -hmm. learning it from someone who's a bit more impartial and they don't know their history as well, then yeah, I mean, that's just one example I think of how clients can walk away satisfied and also just learning a ton yeah yeah i think people um with the you know talking about things beforehand in the kink world we call it negotiating like but mm -hmm. with any sexual act you know just to kind of talk about the things you'd like to do uh, like beforehand you know what i mean have it ongoing an ongoing conversation obviously is the best best case scenario but like i think a common question i get is like you know, we're interested to try this stuff, but say it's a couple coming to me, you know, but we don't know how to start, like, you know, how to mm -hmm. start changing, you know, uh, the way we have sex, like how to go from, you know, our usual pattern of how we get aroused or, you know, who gets aroused first and, you know, um, how they mm -hmm. kind of start their sex 
changing it to like doing it a different way. So I, I often find that consent conversation, that like negotiation process where you just chat for a bit first can often really break it up because most people I'm I'm gonna assume most people that is like you know in a partnership a romantic partnership they're not sitting Mm -hmm. down first and talking about what they'd like to do today so even just that act I think can really kind of switch things so it feels a bit different yeah absolutely I think with communication and starting off with talking about it and having it be a part of a process for any sex worker also just takes away the awkwardness from it inherently. I think so many people are afraid of what if it's awkward to talk about your wants and desires, but I think it's actually the anxiety about the awkwardness that makes it awkward versus somebody just asking, so what are you into? What are you not into right off the bat? And again, pro doms or just any kind of sex worker, knows how to navigate that conversation. They've had hours and hours of practice with so many different kinds of people. Um, I still remember the first like porn shoot I ever went on where I was like the nervous rookie going in. And even though I felt confident and okay, I just was like, but how does it work exactly? And then everybody just being so relaxed, talking about their kinks and talking about what they enjoy and not enjoy and what their firm boundaries are. It just, it, help me breathe and help me just feel like oh this is this is easy in that kind of regard so yeah yeah I I think that's there's a lot to that um you know if you're coming into a space and the other person is perfectly comfortable and confident having these types of conversation that's so helpful to the other person right so like if you're two people that are feeling a lot of anxiety or nervousness about that conversation, you know, it's obviously going to be a lot, a lot more difficult to have it. So going into a professional setting, I think, yeah, inherently those conversations are going to feel a little easier. And then who Mm -hmm. knows, maybe you can take that into your partnered scenarios going forward, ideally. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh my gosh. Then it's just the golden ticket right there. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Honestly, I do view my, like my work, especially with people like that are new to, kink and new to professionals like I very much view it as I'm going to give you some like tools you know that you can take forward in your exploratory journey you know Um, Mm -hmm. like let's try and really explore and figure some things out let's connect some dots for you so that you can kind of go forward in you know in in a more informed way Mm -hmm. yeah that makes total sense I'm the same I think um Well, I think it's also just naturally what I've been drawn to when I first started. I mean, okay, well, to go like way back, Uh I got into sex work um, through care work, essentially. Um, I was a birth doula and an abortion doula for a really long time. Wow. And then, yeah, which is like so many people's eyes, the least sexy thing possible, but I was learning um, how to support people in really vulnerable places. And I just became really fascinated with the human body and all that it's capable of doing. And before that I was a performer. Um, I went to theater school and I was a dancer for a long time. Same, 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 same. Really? Oh my God. Oh my God. That's so wild. Did you, you went to a theater school? Sheridan College music theater program. Yo, Ryerson, (laughs) or I guess now it's TMU. (laughs) 
I've always wondered. I'm like, I meet so many sex workers that have like backgrounds, but I'm like, I'm gonna meet one with like a BFA in acting and singing oh. at some point. So oh, finally, it's did more it. common. <laughs> Honestly, I know a bunch. It's really common. I think it, it is so interesting, like to see how people's backgrounds morph into sex work and like what they bring from their, you know, whatever specialty, for example, they went to school for. How they bring that into their sex work. That shit's so interesting to me. Oh my god, that blows yeah. my mind. Yeah. Yes, I mean, it makes sense. I was just like looking for my people and here we yeah. are. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, honestly, like making money in porn, right? I mean, that's just putting my acting degree into good use better than <laughs> doing like a Leon's commercial or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really came in handy that way. So yeah, shout out to the <laughs> shout out to, shout out to my university. <laughs> yes. <laughs> No shade to my actor friends doing commercials, but I'm like, yo, this is pretty rad work that I'm doing here. Yeah, and this just is better? I think it's better. A little bit. Just a bit. Absolutely. <laughs> nice. Oh, man. Okay, so, th- so that's interesting. Yeah, so a performing background and then also a background with, like, care work kind of brought you here. That's really nuanced and, and interesting. Yeah, very cool. Thanks. Yeah. Um, I was pretty much just burned out from the acting lifestyle and going on all the auditions, like my first or second year out of school. And I was thinking about finding, at the time, I was just trying to think of like, what's a Joe job that I could do while I'm still acting? Yeah. And um, I found out about how many artists that are also doulas. And I was always just really fascinated with the human body. So it clicked to me of, oh, I'm gonna just get certified in that and then three days into my certification I pretty much quit acting I was like nope this is what I want to do this is way more interesting to me um and then from there that spiraled into counseling and (laughs) I spiraled not spiraled (laughs) that it was just (laughs) just a true destructive tornado (laughs) into counseling I went down a bad rabbit hole from the unstable acting job into care work. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Well, my life transformed into counseling, we'll say that. Good, okay. Oh my god. Um, so yeah, I got I got certified at George Brown for uh, crisis counseling in shelters um, wow. and like gender-based wow. violence. Wow. Yeah. Oh my god. That's important work, man. Awesome. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, And then through that, I was just meeting sex workers and engaging with them more and feeling more and more like, oh, these are these are my people in some way. And then one bored night uh, on a really old (laughs) shitty campsite, I was like, let's see if I could do this. And then doesn't that isn't isn't that the way one bored night? When <laughs> yeah, you're like, should I do this? All right. I'm and I went bored. on. Uh, <laughs> like, what are we going to do? I'm just like eating smart food and being like, huh, yeah. can I try camming? Um, and then, yeah, I went on My Girl Fund was the site, which I would not recommend to anybody, but gave that a world for about a year. And then here we are. And I just sort of found a way to combine all of my passions because also I just find that sex work again in general is the combo of counseling and performing in so yep. many ways and it's i just highly relational that. right like exactly yeah 
hundred percent. And so often, I mean, God, you know, as a dom, like you're just portraying a fantasy for so many people or mm-hmm. creating a bit of a persona. And when I first started camming, I was really more focused on the persona and like the performance aspect of it. But now I just, I kind of figured out of, oh, I can really like. Just be me. Just be me. Yeah. In so many ways, a slutty me, but like (laughs) me on good days in that regard. Yeah. Um, And then I figured out as well that I'm about to be certified as a full therapist, but I'm not registered under any college yet. So there's no rule of like whether or not I can do this work naked, for example. So I started smut therapy and I've uh, been doing that ever since. So yes. Okay. Cool. So <laughs> this is interesting. So <laughs> <laughs> naked therapy. I need to know what this, what this looks like, because this is interesting to me. I'll tell you first, like my, from my lens, my lens is that, um, you know, I, I do role play, you know, she's a performer as well. Uh, she's a hell yeah. 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 Um, so I do a lot of role play, right? Therapy role play is like a very common role play that I do in my work. Right. And I, I have this theory that men will, <laughs> men will do role play therapy. will do sexy therapy before they do actual therapy, like two times over. No question. <laughs> I am completely on board. Like men will literally do anything but go to therapy. And like doing they a therapy do... role play is one of them. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, they will do anything. Yeah, no, it's like you're at the bridge of like, no, this isn't like really therapy, but like, you know, we're gonna kind of trick you into it. And then I'm one more tear up of like, I'm getting the qualifications, but like, I'm not under a college. And then we'll just eventually get them there. <laughs> It'll yes. be like a nice, a nice train to like, finally get them. Yeah, yeah. this is really just... Um, and I mean, there's something to that too. Like I have a couple colleagues that are, um, you know, that are dominatrices, but are also training to be uh, licensed therapists as well. Like that's, that's common, like people that do social work and do sex work at the same time. So I'm very interested. Hell yeah. Yeah. That warms my heart. Yeah. So cool. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, it's pretty straightforward and I think I was expecting most men to come into my sessions um, saying like, yeah, yeah, like therapy, but like, I'm really just here to jerk off. Um, I think I was just kind of going in with the rolling eyes, but I do think there's something about my branding and just how I'm pretty upfront and being like, yeah, I'm like training to do this. So I'm like willing to talk. There's been a lot of times where men have said, Hey, I would love to chat for a half hour and pay the fee. Um, like you can be naked if you want. <laughs> like it's a lot of just like if you need that. Yeah. But I think also just my persona is very or also just who I am portrays a very like girlfriend experience type. Yeah. Hey, warm do you welcoming. want to talk for a while? Yeah. Very yeah. warm welcoming. I don't have like a very like dom vibe about me. So a lot of times I just getting paid to chat with people on Zoom and talk about their problems. Um, which yeah. is pretty it's pretty rewarding stuff and I've had folks um where they pay extra and it certainly does turn into a spicy good time but Mm -hmm. also it's just folks that are wanting um 
I honestly, I think they are just wanting therapy, but without the stigma of what therapy is because there's still that weight. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially for (laughs) men. Right. Like, and obviously folks of all genders can see sex workers. It's just fun. It's just fun to make fun of men, people. Oh, um, 100%. Yeah, but, uh, no, they've earned that. <laughs> they've earned every, every little bit of it. 100%. But there's especially this stigma against men going to therapy, right? So that that makes oh, sense. Sure. Yeah, it makes sense. The way <laughs> men are cultured, it's like they need the outlet. We all need the outlet. All humans need the outlet. But like, yeah, it's just so stigmatized for men. So, um, mm-hmm. and, that, and that happens. I mean, even for me and my work, like, and folks of all genders, actually, because a woman the other night with me, we were supposed to do a session and like, we just talked the whole time because I was kept trying to transition into the session, but she kept kind of bringing up other things at time. And I was like, okay, I guess that this is just <laughs> what this she needs right now. <laughs> because another thing, yeah, it was nice. I didn't mind it one bit. I'm like, or we could just sit and talk, you know, but I kept, because I think the other thing about this, like sex work, sex therapy thing is like, okay, maybe they do have therapists. Maybe it isn't so stigmatized to go to therapy in general, but it is, there is some sort of mental emotional block about talking about this type of stuff with their therapists. So even, you know, it's just the topics of sex, right? And kink and, you know, people's gender journeys and stuff like that. I think even then, uh, you know, somebody that might see a therapist, you know, might not want to talk about stuff like that with them. Absolutely. So there's where we come in. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point. I think a lot of my regular clients are um, progressive dudes in a lot of ways and have shared with me that they've gone to therapists before. But sometimes with the extra, I don't know, I've had this when I've gone to therapy as well. Sometimes when I say it out loud to a professional, it just makes everything um, more concrete or more official. You know, Um, like I'm thinking of someone who's... uh, Let's say, for instance, they're like questioning their sexuality. And I feel like there's more weight when you say that to a therapist where it's like, okay, this is real versus just like, yeah, exactly. And that's really nerve wracking in a lot of ways of like, oh, okay, this is actually something I'm going through right now versus someone who you can have sexy, intimate time with and it's flirty and it's playful and to just bring that up more casually in conversation Sometimes it just feels a bit safer. It's like dipping your toe in before taking the plunge. Yeah. Um, and I feel I feel really lucky, honestly, that I'm in a place in my career where I found the place to do both. Because, again, I'm not certified as a therapist yet. So I can sort yeah. of see both worlds of, like, where folks are in terms of, like, where their guard is or how um, how much they've let their guard down. I guess I'll say. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think, you know, the the frequency that even just the two of us see, it, like there's the demand for it, right? Like for sex therapy, you know, like people, this is stuff people struggle with, commonly struggle with, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, their orientation, gender journey, kinks, navigating stuff like polyamory, seeing sex workers, just that some people really need to, you know, be on an emotional journey in order to get there. Um, 
and how they navigate that in a way that's comfortable for both people. And like this stuff requires sometimes a lot of emotional labor. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. So like, yeah, I'm always the person that's like, you know, usually in a session we'll talk for like 10 minutes, maybe if it's a long, long session, then we could talk at a half hour. But you know, I'm, I'm always like, if people need more support surrounding this type of stuff, like emotional support, then book the consult. You know what I mean? Book the consult first. We'll just talk for an hour and then book the session, you know, a week later or something, because some people really need to like break it down and deconstruct some stuff. Um, yeah. Cause Mm -hmm. I, I, and, and I think that's really common and that's okay. 100%. I think, yeah, I always charge for um, even just a half hour session of naked therapy, or they can like pay more for naked therapy with a happy ending. Mm-hmm. Um, but so often, folks come in really excited looking for a sexy time, but a half hour is not that much time. And I'm no. happy to go over when you charge. But, you know, if we're just starting to kind of open up a conversation, um, it's pretty difficult no, to just a half open hour is literally that. nothing. <laughs> I know. When is the last time you had like a deep heart to heart with someone and you're like, yeah, that was 22 minutes. Like, no, no, that does not take place. I like it's the therapist half hour too. It's 20 minutes. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh it's yeah. The 50 I'm, minute I'm, hour. Learning from my, <laughs> I'm learning from my future colleagues of like, okay, we have to wrap up. Made yeah. some great progress. But yeah, it's true. I think um, it really does catch me off guard sometimes of I always expect a conversation to go one way and then it ends up being a lot, um, maybe a lot more wholesome, I guess, in a way. Um, I feel like that's such a big thing about sex work that is overlooked. And I don't even think it's just my brand of appearing more wholesome than other sex workers that like, like freaky shit happens all the time. And also it's about connection and human bonding and vulnerability and telling someone that their body is enough and yeah sex workers also see a lot of like true innocence and wholesome beauty in a way as well that i think i wasn't expecting going into this work at first but now i'm like oh that's like my day-to-day now yeah yeah absolutely you see the whole kind of it's like a whole human experience you know it's not um you know sex work isn't just about the sex but also there's this kind of sanitization thing that happens in sex work sometimes in the media specifically, like where we talk about those times where it's like, sometimes we just talk. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's kind of an interesting thing. I I think that it's also important to say that sex is a huge part of our job too. You know what I mean? Um, Oh, totally. I think that's kind of trying to sanitize it to non-sex workers. You know what I mean? Saying like, Oh yeah, Mm. there are people that just enjoy my company and blah, blah, blah. But like, um, yeah, I think it's all about the whole human experience. It's not one, it's not the other, you know what I mean? And sometimes, sometimes it is one or the other, but like, we get such a whole spectrum of interaction with our clients, um, because we're whole human beings that have emotional sides that have sexual sides, and everything, mm-hmm. you know, and a 100 other sides, right? Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, that's a really good point. It can certainly sound... Uh, like I'm trying to censor it and be like, no, don't worry, guys. It's not all that kinky. Sometimes it's just holding hands. Like, I don't mean it to be. No, no. And I'm not saying you, but I'm not saying you. Oh, no, no, not yeah. at all. But it's just a really good point of how 
um, we really do like spoon feed that narrative a lot of times to people yes. who don't understand. Yes. It's true. That's a really good point. I yeah. think it surprised me in how I was, um, when I first started doing this work, so I guess that was like three four years ago I think I was just caught off guard with how often that was happening where I just was expecting something to be a lot more like oh damn we're like getting down and dirty but it ends up just being very intimate and close but also like yeah I don't want to like say that's all it is because of course like you know I film porn (laughs) like it's also (laughs) just very much there as well I'm a porn performer yeah (laughs) yeah like let's be real The Bedpost Podcast is sponsored by Come As You Are. Founded as a worker-owned cooperative, Come As You Are has a fundamentally anti-capitalist and feminist approach to sexual pleasure, health, and education. Come As You Are doesn't profit from your pleasure and only stocks products that they truly love and believe in. Come As You Are has been voted best sex shop in Toronto since 1997. Check them out at comeasyouare.com or 254 Augusta Avenue in Toronto's own Kensington Market. We are also sponsored by Club M4 Toronto. Club M4 is the largest sexually charged lifestyle club in the GTA. And now you can go to their website www.clubm4.com But one of my favorite things to do is to go to their Instagram events page and see what they've got going on. Scrolling through here, Threesome Fridays, Buy Pleasure Party, Game Night, Ooh, A Night with the Prompt Shiniest Outfit. If anything looks interesting and you want to check it out, head on down to Club M4 at 1989 Dundas Street, Mississauga. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. How do you manage that when, like, because is there kind of two different, I don't know, in my perspective, you know, sometimes you get surprised by it being one way when you showed up with the mental capacity to do this other thing. And, Mm. you know, sometimes you have to make a shift like mid session, um, because you're just kind of, you know, um, doing what the client's doing, you're playing with where they're at and supporting them and where they're at and doing what they want to do, right? customer service representatives over here. So (laughs) you kind of have to be really flexible. Like what helps you kind of make that shift um, 
And is, are there times where, you know, you've found that difficult to make that shift? Ooh, that's a really good question. Yeah, I think the times when I found it the most difficult is when prior to a counseling session, or even if I'm just like chatting with someone on my OnlyFans, um, I think when I find it the most difficult is when I realized I haven't taken enough care of myself beforehand Yeah, if I'm feeling burned out, because then I don't catch those cues as well. And I don't feel like I'm able to bring all aspects of myself or as many aspects of myself as I want to bring into the session, which is like the empathetic side and the side of me that explores my sexuality and that really loves it. Um, But I've definitely had times where I can like feel, uh, how do I, let me think of an example. There was one time where I was like stripping for a client and it was really sexual and it was really hot. And then I kind of caught that he wanted to just sort of sit and talk and really go into a deep moment in his life. Like Mm. just something triggered it where he was like, yeah, I kind of need everything to stop for a second. And I was happy to do it. It's my job. But I could feel that my body just wasn't there. I just wasn't expecting to go down that path. Um, and so I think a lot of it is just really not dismissing the emotional weight of this work. And Mm. I know it's so easy to just like preach self-care in like a hashtag way, but I really, this work has taught me more than any other job, including like crisis counseling. Like I have to take care of myself and I need to be like able to be fully present going into work. Because yeah. when I'm not, I just notice that it's those shifts are harder. A, those shifts are a lot harder, and it feels a bit more one-dimensional. And I really love connecting with people, and I want to do it to the best of my ability with my own boundaries, of course. But like, I I want to bring all of those aspects of me that I love about this work into sessions. So, yeah, I think that's a really lot of good answer. Just, Thanks. Yeah. Just a lot of prep in that kind of regard, mentally, physically, all that jazz. Yeah. Because I think it's common for like us to show up in our work being like, ooh, I hope this is a blank one. Like, I hope this is an easy one. I hope this is a yep. whatever it is, right? Because we bring our own lives, you know, like we're we're us when we walk into that dungeon or we sit down on that, you know, cam or like whatever it is. Mm-hmm. We bring our day into it. So, yeah, I think that's important for me also. Like, I can't have rushed from somewhere. Um, you know, I'd never book, like, a therapy appointment and then doing a session a couple hours later. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you can yeah. try and kind of manage that as best you can. But, you know, some days you just wake up not really feeling it. And I think that's a common question, actually. Like for dominant um, providers like what if you just wake up that day feeling you know vulnerable sensitive whatever it is um, mm-hmm. and how do you get into that dominant mindset Oof. yeah because it can be hard and for me I've got a bit of a ritual that I can do but I think I think I'll see you can only bring yourself to your work right and 
I think that's a conversation you can have with a lot of clients of being like, these are the things I'm really feeling today. Like kind of prioritize yourself a little bit more than maybe you usually would and be like, this is what I'm in the mood for today. You know, something a little softer, a little more sensual or whatever, whatever it is. And usually Mm -hmm. they're pretty receptive, you know, especially with a regular, of course. Right. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like you can bring more of yourself to more of your vulnerability to your work than I think we can, you would assume, you know? Yeah. Oh, that's a really good point. And I think also with, I am by no means a veteran. I've been doing this for about four years, but the more I do it, I'm also just more confident in bringing the authentic self into my work. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember when I first started camming and just kind of feeling like I needed to be I don't know it's like that eager to please mindset of just like I don't know I'm up for anything and that sort of thing and then you learn yeah. very quickly oh these are my boundaries and <laughs> there are days when I feel like shit and I need to address it and all of those things um but yeah I it's a really good point because I think also like preaching self-care you know it's I self-care is very important of course but the narrative is sort of like these are all the steps on how to be perfect every single day. And that's <laughs> yes. not how the world works. <laughs> the toxic positivity of it all. Exactly. And just, but of course, like we're human beings. Sometimes we just like lose an hour of sleep and that throws off our entire day. Sometimes, Absolutely. Like, yeah, sometimes the smell is throwing you off. And like, <laughs> you just, you just aren't you that day. Like, it's cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, but you do also make, I've definitely like done trial and error of how can I be the best version I can be for my clients and also just forgiving myself after if it wasn't a hundred percent. Oh, that's big. Oh, it it, easier said than done. Good Lord. But I'm getting there as well. Sometimes with a client, I'm just like, Ooh, was that perfect? And then no. And then I have to let that go. Yeah, I think, I think that's so important because um, I do the same thing. You know, most of my sessions are really good and they feel really satisfying for me. But sometimes I have that really unsatisfied feeling of like, ooh, we didn't really find whatever it was. You know what I mean? That, that happened oh, yeah. recently where I left a session feeling so meh. I was like, they were meh. I was meh. We just didn't get into, yeah, like uh, lock into each other. We didn't really discover, you know, as far as exploratory sessions go. We didn't mm. really find it. You know, I didn't really help them connect the dots. Like I was saying, that's important to me. Like earlier on, I was saying that's a big part of the way I show up in my work, you know. I didn't blow their mind. You know what I mean? And they left maybe with more questions than answers. And I was like, oh, no. And I think that happens no matter how experienced you are, right? You're just sometimes not on a different page. And I was trying to take that, like, be forgiving, like you were mentioning, but also, like, take the moment to be like, you know, what could I have done better? And sometimes, you know, not much, you know if you've got a pretty good system in place, but it's always good to kind of interrogate that of being like, okay, what question needed to be asked there? Maybe Mm -hmm. again, we're not, we can't read the past, you know, but um, 
what could have made that better and to continue learning and going forward kind of in that from that humble mindset of like, you know, you don't know everything. Even as a dominant, that's like, you know, the brand maybe that we're, you know, all powerful and all knowing or whatever. But like, the truth Mm -hmm. is that like, we learn even if we're veterans in this work, we're learning every day, right? Oh, that's true. I could especially imagine as a dom having that extra pressure because you're presenting like the authority figure in control of the room. Yeah. So yeah, I could see that pressure of like perfectionism in a way. Yeah. I think that's like, that can be, you know, with any sex worker too, because we're looked at like Mm. sexual gods, right? (laughs) That's true. Right? Like we're Mm -hmm. supposed to know, we're total nymphos, we're total, you know, whatever it is we're total sex kittens, like we're the sexual object, like we, we are put up on a pedestal, whether dominance True. is in the equation or not. It's like we're supposed to. So when suddenly something's not happening, it's like, oh, <laughs> I'm supposed to. <laughs> That's a really good point. I think, um, <laughs> I mean, this is also like speaking from my very privileged aspect of sex work and that I chose this work. Um very, you know, with other opportunities in front of me. Mm-hmm. But with the artist background, the care worker background, and sex workers at this level, um, the one thing all of these fields have in common is that they attract people pleasers so hard. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Like, remember the keen energy of theater school? (laughs) Oh, no. It's so cringe. It's so cringe. I know. I know. Like, just, like, being so eager to be like, oh, God, I'm a star and I have to be one. (laughs) And then... (laughs) I saw a TikTok where somebody was, uh, you know, doing a little video and they were an actor taking notes from the director. Oh, and just how the enthusiastic, like, nodding and writing notes and like, yes, oh, yes. Like, it was so cringe I was like yeah that's it that's it like oh my god I remember being like verbally insulted over and over again by a director and just like locking eyes and being like thank you like I'm just so I'm just so happy to be here regardless I have a uh, friend who's a dominatrix as well um she's been on the pod latex barbie actually and we're both theater kids Mm. And um, I taught, (laughs) I did this like workshop, um, this like cycle of workshops at this event um, for kink stuff. And um, she attended the workshop, she attended the event. So like, you could kind of sit in a circle uh, with an educator and they, you know, talk for 10 minutes, then you go to the next cool event. But like, she was there. And oh, my fucking God, it was so funny to me. She was so fucking cute. Her sitting in the circle. She was I'm like, you are the most active listener I've ever you know my life like she's like <laughs> full smile full eye contact nodding along to everything like it was so funny she was so cute I was like oh my god that's the theater kid in you that's so funny like that's me that's me oh my, oh my god. god just drilled into it your was brain so funny <laughs> it was so funny you can spot a theater kid a mile away just based on their like pure enthusiasm and she's also a gemini we're both gemini so i was like oh my god that was that gemini energy also i was oh my god it's so funny that's so fucking funny oh my god oh i love it 
It's yeah. true. But yeah, like that, that keener energy from like, I hope I'm not put on probation or I hope I'm not like, you know, the background person in a play. And then for care worker, that translates into, I hope I fix this person's PTSD in an hour, Jesus which Christ. girl, girl, hush, no, you won't, <laughs> to, I hope I give this person the best sexual experience of their life because that's my rep and what I'm known for. Yeah. It's true. There's like just this layer of perfectionism that goes across all of these fields. And it's the reason why I'm also in fucking therapy, I'm sure. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Of course, right? (laughs) That's so interesting to think of it as like people pleasers are going into this industry. Yeah. I mean, that's our job, isn't it? To please the client, right? And I mean, more broadly, that's a lot of jobs, you know, not just sex work. (laughs) Um, But man, oh, that's so interesting. So do you find that your background, your therapy background, like, do you find that's an asset for you in your sex work in the way you, um, in the way it feels for you and the way you're able to, like, check in with yourself about stuff? I think so. It's definitely come in handy. And I think I, the more I made my work itself to be branded as sex work meets care work yeah um I think it also just gave me a lot of freedom to uh, sometimes I'm just really upfront with my subscribers too I was really burned out last month and I just like shared a naked video on my OnlyFans like talking about my burnout and what I'm going through so Mm. I think it has given me more permission to let that perfectionism layer go a bit um because again before I when I first started camming, I had this like very clear vision. My hair was purple. I was always wearing white lace and I had this like, yeah, it was a very fun little persona. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. Um, yeah, I just wanted to look like, um, (laughs) the goal was to look like a slutty porcelain doll. That was like the dream. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. (laughs) Thank you. And it was really, really fun in the beginning, but it wasn't sustainable for me in that I just kind of was always acting like this one certain version of myself. Um, So I think the more that I've brought care work into sex work for other people, and also it just really benefited me too, that I can kind of let go of the layer of I have to be this version of myself. I'm kind of wondering, honestly, if the podcast for you helps that as well, because then you don't have to always be like Aaron Pym, the Dom all the time. Yeah. um, Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I think, I mean, I think that's been a similar journey for me in my work um, of Mm -hmm. like going in and initially thinking I really had to create a dominant persona that looked a certain way, you know? But uh, the more the longer I do this work, it's definitely like my brand is just me. It's me, you know, Hell yeah. at this point. Mm-hmm. I'm I mean, I brand myself as like a playful dom, um, which feels way more authentic, you know, to me. I love to laugh and like I'm a warm person and like I'm sadistic and like, you know, <laughs> all that stuff, too. But like it's just so much less work to show up authentically like you were saying. And um, yeah, I think 
the podcast helps me do that because like a lot of clients listen to this podcast or potential clients and it's a way for them to get to know me. Right. So if that's kind of the baseline, like they show up to the first session already, like having peeked behind the curtain, I think that helps me facilitate showing up authentically in sessions as well. Cause it's like, okay, you've already heard me just kind of talking about whatever, you know? Uh, yeah. And talking about my feelings and being vulnerable and like, you know what I mean? So I think that sets me up for success, quote unquote, in my work where I'm, I, I kind of, you know, public facing, I am vulnerable. I am, you know, a whole person. Again, bringing your whole, the whole uh, person, the whole hu- human experience to this work. Um, mm-hmm. I've never thought of it that way. But yeah, I think absolutely. That's an asset for me in my work. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Do you find that, like, the way you show up, you present in social media, um, you know, is an asset to how you can then bring that into when you're doing it, like, in person or across the Zoom? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think, well, now that I'm kind of processing this now, the sex workers that I've also always been drawn to online are you know beautiful really interesting people but also do show layers of them just being humans and not being um just goddesses you know um and i think i was resistant to that for a long time just because of like my own insecurities and vulnerabilities of i if in order to do well in this business you have to have that vibe of sort of impersonal um insanely hot and just kind of not having just polished and polished that's the right word yeah yeah and not shaming those folks like the folks that can do that well like holy fuck power to you like good lord (laughs) like like how i'm sure i have like how and like i have such envy of just like great work but um you know i'm thinking of some of my friends that i met online and have now become really close with um Oh, well, actually, one of my closest friends is Go Ask Alex, who you should have on the pod. Um, But she's, yeah, she's awesome. And um, she's a porn performer and a disability, excuse me, disability rights advocate. Yep. um, And an indigenous sex worker. And I found her on Instagram from like her beauty. But really what made me like engage with her was her sharing her sense of humor and her story. And um, just seeing the more like, relatable approachable sides of her um so yeah i think when i started doing that on my instagram and was (laughs) letting go of like my initial image of what i thought it was going to be i was nervous at first but it's also kind of liberating just telling people like i'm having a shit day here's me in sweatpants and also clients still finding that desirable is also like Oh, yeah. Like, it's a really affirming feeling of like, oh, hell yeah. All right. I'm enough. That's cool. Because there's a thing, though, where clients feel special, right? When they see you without makeup or they see you in your sweatpants. Like, that's a whole thing of like, they're like, ooh, nobody else gets to see this. And, you know, so there's even like, (laughs) there's even like that, that marketable quality of doing that, which you wouldn't, you wouldn't really think, right? But yeah, it's true. People are way more likely to, you know, 
uh, hit that like button on like a ran just a really quick selfie of whatever going to get coffee you know than like yeah. your photo shoot <laughs> that you paid a thousand bucks for it's true and how heartbreaking so many... is that <laughs> but I know. so true so it's... real right <laughs> especially when I have like amazing photographer friends uh, and I love shooting with them and then I'm like oh, I have to watch my budget and also for some reason me no one like... likes them though <laughs> like why I just <laughs> and for some reason me like topless eating popcorn is like that's yeah. what's working right now I'm sorry <laughs> yeah it's true it's hard to think about like I don't know it's just capitalism because in the end we're talking about like marketing authenticity which is strange, and then I can go down a whole rabbit hole of like, well, is it authentic if it ever is online? Right, but, yeah, absolutely, ugh, that just, too. Yeah, and then that leads into like a full existential crisis we won't get into. But like, <laughs> of like, what is my life? Is my yeah, life like, real? What is this? Is, is what this is real? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Imagine we just end the pod there of like, yeah. all right, and everything's okay. a lie, and that's We've, it. We cool. both booked an emergency therapy appointment, and it's fine. Sweet. Uh, <laughs> but but I, I will say, on an optimistic note, <laughs> that I, I think like with the tools that sex workers and performers all have of we got to use social media to connect with people and to promote our business. You got it. I think yeah. I'm... I, you, you got to. And I think I'm relieved and it's been lovely to see that being as authentic as I as possible that I choose to be or as authentic as I can be on Instagram yeah. is what works. Like, that's awesome. And that just feels so much more, um, just so much easier and kind of more room to breathe with my business than um, always trying to, like chase perfection in that way which yeah that's you know, been a journey been of mine too yeah perfectionism mm -hmm. yeah what made sure. what helped you kind of um get a place where you see yourself moving out of that what are some things like that have helped you do that Ooh, that's a great question <laughs> just Recently, imagine I just <laughs> my last no my last podcast I called out my guest by saying people say that when they're stalling to think of the answer <laughs> <laughs> that's why I laughed that's what, why a, I laughed. what a oh, beautiful question. important question you're incredible <laughs> and then I'm just like panicking over here yeah, yeah exactly exactly <laughs> buy some time oh my god that's so funny <laughs> It's, it is genuinely a question I've never thought of before. So, hush, you're just good at your job. But let me... <laughs> I, think, I, I think the answer is, um, well, I mean, as simple as it is, therapy. Like, yes. truly. And, and finding a therapist that's accepting of sex work, which yes. took me a minute to find. That was a bummer. Um, and, you know... I, I think also the the last year for me has been a journey of letting go of people pleasing in all aspects of my life. And when you realize that you can't please anybody in your life, you kind of just don't have a choice but to just live your life as authentic as possible. So yeah. I think, um, yeah, even like with my... Um, 
Instagram account, like just sort of like letting more people see it and that kind of thing and not worrying too much about the consequences and just being like, okay, yeah, this is me. This is what I'm doing. And I think, oops, sorry. I think uh, just learning that you can't please everybody is, it's an ongoing lesson. It's still a lesson that I'm going through, but yeah. I think that's really what, uh, it's a hard lesson to learn, but once you learn it, it kind of just frees you in so many ways. Yeah. I think even just practically, it's like, it's not sustainable to do that. I literally couldn't do that even if I wanted to. So yeah. I think coming up against that is a thing too, of being like, I don't have time to present so perfectly I don't have the time and energy. I literally do not, even if I wanted to. So mm -hmm. not wanting to is like another element of that. But it's like, you know, I, it's either not post for weeks, you know, or post consistently and just have less, put it out there and have less, need, you know, not needing to have so much control over it. It's like... Because if I'm doing a custom video for someone, it's like, I, I can't spend all afternoon on it. You know what I mean? Oh, of course. Yeah. I can't. I've got other shit to do. So mm -hmm. I've got to only do, you know, a, one take or a couple takes. Like, that's all I have time for to dedicate for this. This physically isn't any other, any more time for me to, you know, make this thing <laughs> As yeah. <laughs> perfect as I need, like to, to edit every little time I pause or whatever the fuck. Yeah, that's a really good point. And it's true in that it's it's literally not sustainable in in the time that we have in the day, but also biologically, like the cortisol that we go through when we're trying to impress other people and hide where you're at authentically right we only have so much of that and we need to use that for emergencies <laughs> like yeah. or else our bodies just burn out that's just me nerding out over psychology stuff but it's true it's like when you're um it's like when you're in the closet for anything but like let's say specifically for sex work and you have to spend a week around people where you can't reveal your job that right. is tolling stress and it's so much stress like it's and your body isn't equipped to even do something for that long so mm -hmm. ugh, it's just uh yeah it's not sustainable in truly all aspects of the term yeah I think the other mm -hmm. thing for me the other piece is like the longer you do this work for um the more confident you are in your skills and the less need, therefore, to worry about looking like you're really skilled. Mm. Because you are. So I think for me, that was a thing of like, and again, ongoing learning and all that. But you get to a place where you, you do feel confident enough, you know. Mm -hmm. that you don't have to pretend to be confident anymore. So that kind of can fall off a bit. And it's like, I can kind of just show up and it yeah. be more than enough. Right. I oh, think that was yeah. the thing. Yeah. 
I think that's a thing for me. And then, of course, it all comes crashing down when you get that one client, that unsatisfying client that I mentioned before. <laughs> However, most of the time, yes. you can actually show up and be like, okay, me being here is absolutely enough. I'm going to give this person a great experience, um, regardless, you know, of me being yeah. monitoring every little, editing every little, like whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. So just yeah, time, I think, is also the answer. Just time. Oh, time. Absolutely. Just time. I got, yeah, I got really lucky. Um, when I first started doing this work in Toronto, I was really on my own with it. Um, I had like a few friends who I sort of met online and, you know, other people on campsites where I would like exchange info with, but I didn't really have a community. And then I moved out West and I got super lucky that I was introduced to a bunch of people in my industry really fast and uh they were so welcoming and a lot of them have way more experience than me Mm -hmm. um and the biggest thing I learned from them was their sense of ease and that what they were doing wasn't anything unique or um like I wasn't missing a piece of the puzzle Right. So that like people pleaser in me could really chill because I just saw like, oh, no, they're just comfortable in themselves because they've seen it all and they've had bad clients and they've had great clients and they Mm -hmm. know that they can do this work. Like they've just practiced enough and had enough time that they can do it. Um, And I got really lucky learning from them, even just sort of getting from their energy of, oh, yeah, you're enough you're good. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, it was really about a year ago, because again, I've been at it for four years. So I think about a year ago was when that was really shedding and being like, oh, no, I got this. And I'm, I'm more than capable of doing this kind of work. And yeah, sometimes I'm gonna piss some clients off. And worst case scenario, they unsubscribe. And then there's just like an angry man, which is all men. Versus like, oh, no, I made a man angry, like, because of something I did, you know, I'm like, no, I just, yeah, I made a mistake. And then, oh, no, someone's flailing. It's fine. Like, the world is not ending. And this doesn't speak to your self worth in any way. Yes. Um, And let's be honest, if we're, you know, if the majority of our industry is made up of people pleasers, our work, just naturally, we're going to be putting in way more work like our showing up our bare minimum is way above most people's bare minimums you know what i mean (laughs) that's so true that's oh my god very real so if you're a people pleaser and you're showing up doing the bare minimum like rest assured (laughs) assured, (laughs) you've yeah you're doing more than enough yeah it's true i have met since getting into sex work and since like being in the community I have met some of the most hardworking people I've ever met. And also, like, sometimes it's not that much. Sometimes it's just like, yeah, yeah. I'm showing up, I'm doing the work, I'm ready to go. And you're like, wow. But <laughs> very good point. <laughs> oh, man. Good stuff, Fiona. Good stuff. Okay. So we are already um, at the hour. So oh, damn. I know. Um it goes by fast. Hey, time flies when you have fun, right? <laughs> Indeed. Absolutely. 
Where can we follow your socials? Where can we book you for naked therapy? Where can we give you all our money, Fiona? Great question. Thank you so much for asking. Oh my God. Well, right now with all of the socials just being a shit, like a being a shit show, I'm yeah. just on Instagram. Uh, so you can find me at smut underscore therapy. And uh, yeah, there's a link to my OnlyFans there, but it's at smut therapy. And uh, yeah, there's a discount for naked therapy for the first uh, month when you sign up. But I also just in general have a ton of sex ed lessons um, done in super slutty ways on my timeline. So it's a damn good time. So it's a good follow. It it's a good follow, people. <laughs> Thanks, Get into pal. it. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, I'm the most active on Twitter at the Lady Pim One. But if you must follow me on Instagram, I'm at the Lady Pim or at the Bitpost <laughs> Podcast. Um, I'm on TikTok for some reason at the Lady Pim. Um, the Patreon is the Ped Post Show, and we've got a YouTube channel also. It's the Bed Post Show. Um, Fiona, this has been such a great convo. Uh, let me just ha- give you an open invitation to come back literally anytime. <laughs> Aww, thanks, <laughs> thanks pal. so much. Thanks. Yeah, great to meet ya. you. You too. I'll see you around. <laughs> Absolutely, I hope so too. Keep in touch. Don't be a stranger. And also to all my listeners, don't be a stranger either. We'll see you next week with another fun and sexy guest here in the studio talking about sex and sexuality until then get fucked everybody goodbye (laughs) god bless (laughs) have a blessed day this podcast has been brought to you by the sonar network 